Hello and welcome to Season 2 of the Encouraging Word Podcast. We hope to spark a curiosity of Christ that grows and develops into a deep and lasting love. Join us in John chapter 1, verses 14 through 18, where we explore what exactly it meant for Christ to be born in the flesh. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. John 1, 14-18 Right from the beginning, it is easy to miss the gravity of the first verse. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word, who we have established as the Son of God, who was and is and is to come, left the perfection of God's presence to become flesh. There have been different theories over the years as to what this meant. To include Christ possessing a man who was already born, or simply taking on a body so as to walk among us. But the truth is much more incredible. Christ truly became human. He experienced every aspect of our lives, except for sin. The hurt, pain, anxiety, temptation, all of it. In order for his sacrifice to mean anything, he had to be a true sacrificial substitute. He had to conquer sin as a human that he may better be our advocate to the Father, perfectly understanding our condition because he had truly been in it. For lack of a better comparison, think of it as the ultimate undercover boss. For those not familiar, the boss of a company gets into disguise and works at their own company, standing shoulder to shoulder with their employees. They spend a couple of hours doing the work and meeting people, and then they go back to being CEO. Jesus did this for 33 years, leaving the most exalted position imaginable. This is why verse 14 is so incredible. For those interested, the and dwelt in verse 14 is the same used to describe the tabernacle and temple of the Old Testament. Jesus is being acknowledged as the manifestation of the presence of God. We'll see more of this in verse 18. In verse 15, we see what appears to be a divergence from Jewish cultural norms of the time, as John the Baptist says that the one coming after him is greater than him. Traditionally, the older you were and longer you had been serving, the more respect you commanded. It isn't a true divergence from this, because John is acknowledging the fact that Christ is God, and therefore infinitely older than he. Verses 16 and 17 are interconnected. The grace upon grace of verse 16 is a pretty widely interpreted phrase. If you would like to explore that further, I highly recommend D.A. Carson's The Gospel According to John. The best translation in my eyes is grace instead of grace. This is confirmed in verse 17. The law given through Moses was a form of grace, highlighting to those under it how far from God they were. The true grace, however, is the coming of Christ, who fulfilled the law. Imagine, if you will, your credit score abysmally low, but you've never received a bill, so you have no idea why. Receiving the bill is a form of grace, because now you know why it is so low. But at looking at the bill, you realize it's more money than you could ever earn in your lifetime. 
The next day you receive a notice that if you sign up for a program by simply signing your name, someone has already paid all the debt. This of course sounds entirely too good to be true and we would be thought of as fools if we did this in real life, but such is the true grace that comes with Christ. Verse 18 again uses Moses as a comparison to Jesus. Moses was responsible for leading the Jews out of slavery and captivity, and then delivering God's word to them. When he came down from the mountain, where he experienced just a glimpse of God's presence, his face literally glowed. Verse 18 says no one has seen God, but the only God, this Jesus, who is so intimately familiar with God that he sits at the right hand of the Father, he has made him known. He is the most complete picture of God we have seen, because he is God. As you go through the rest of this week, spend some time thinking about what it meant for Christ to become a man, the similarities and differences between Moses and Jesus, and what it means for us as Christians that Christ fulfilled the law. Let's finish in prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the grace upon grace that you have given to us. Thank you for the incredible act of service that was required for Christ to leave your presence and become like us. It is so comforting, God, knowing that Christ advocates for us from a place of true understanding, having experienced what it is to live in this world that we have infected with sin. God, we thank you for not leaving us alone to persevere in this world, but instead leaving us a helper that fights our battles on our behalf. Lord God, we anxiously await the opportunity to see you in all of your glory, but we thank you so much for manifesting yourself to us as Jesus Christ, that we may see you more fully. We ask God that you would remind us of these things throughout the week, and that we would get lost in our pursuit of a relationship with you. We ask these things in your precious name. Amen.